Welcome back to the Varsity Breakdown Podcast. We know it's been a minute, so we made sure to come at you with a special surprise guest. On this episode, I was happy to finally sit down with Vista Grande alum and Grand Canyon University's own, Emilio Barreras. We close up the Summer Camp Podcast series with a banger, and we set up shop in the Coolidge Bears weight room to talk his freshman season with the Lopes and discuss Emilio's connection with the city of Coolidge. Learn why being able to give back to the community that he grew up in is a must for the young man and get to know who dropped the bomb that etched his first memory of baseball. We talked about his time at Vista Grande, being able to live out a dream as a freshman on the varsity team, and the nightmare scenario that leads to Emilio revealing a gutsy move that was life-altering. We hear how the sun never went down in Alaska and the wild experiences and memories he has been able to live out all while just enjoying the ride and having some fun. We had a lot of laughs in this one, and we hope you enjoy getting to know the one and only Varsity Breakdown Breakout Batter, Mr. Emilio Barreras. Special thank you to Dr. Clinton White of the Coolidge Unified School District for his accommodation of their facilities and allowing the Varsity Breakdown in their space. This is episode 49 of the Varsity Breakdown podcast. Relax and enjoy the show. Welcome into another episode of the Varsity Breakdown Podcast. I am your host, Lupin Ramirez, and sitting across from me is another guest that is, I, I say this all the time, is a very special guest, but I mean it again right now. It is Mr. Emilio Barreras. Emilio, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. Well, I'm glad you've been here, bro, because we've been actually planning this for a minute, but it's, it's actually good that it's happening right now. So How's life been? I know that you've spent your time out at GCU, so just just let's start from graduation and how things have unfolded from then. Uh, it's been really good. Um, you know, just living living the best of my life, to be honest. Um, right after graduation, I ended up uh, playing in a summer bowl league in uh, Tucson, Tucson, Arizona, uh, just like a month and a half, just to get some reps, just to be prepared for, you know, the road ahead. So... I played a month and a half there, and then once I finished there, I went to campus, worked out for another month and a half, moved in, and went to work in the fall, and went to work in the spring. And what was that first experience like, setting foot on the diamond? Because I know that you've probably been there before on a visit, but what was it like being there for practice, being there for a game? Like, what, what were those emotions like? It was a dream come true. Um, I've always wanted to go to college, I always want to get an education, and God thankfully gave me the opportunity, gave me gave me the gifts that I have, and I was just very excited to show what I got and just shock everyone that, you know, I come from a come town, but I hit heavy. So what was your first memory of baseball? Like, what what's your, when you think back, like, what's your first actual memory of baseball? <laughs> uh, first actual memory definitely has to be the first ever baseball game that I saw on TV. I remember it really well. Um, my dad was watching it on TV and I was just asking him like, what is that? What's that sport? What's the ideal of it? What's the whole plan about just executing, winning? And I remember it was the Mets and Phillies that were playing. And I remember seeing Ryan Howard hit an absolute like mammo. And I was just like, I just thought it was really cool seeing how the whole fan, like all the, the whole stadium was just going crazy. He was saluting everyone, and I just fell in love with what he did, and I, I just loved it from there. What's your favorite baseball team like growing up? Would it be the Phillies or, or a uh, different team? I think my favorite team was the Detroit Tigers because of Miggy, Miguel Cabrera. Mm -hmm. I've always loved him, loved the way he played. He's a goofball, and I, I mean – I think I'm, I tend to fall in that category, so, but it was, I, yeah, the Detroit Tigers for sure. Okay, and now that you've been able to take all the different influences of, of baseball, and then there's been a, a lot of good baseball in between from my era to yours, 
Um, what would you say is the most important game or play that when you saw it, besides that first game where you're like, you know, I want to do that? It was just seeing how the infielders operated. I remember that same game. I don't know who was playing short at the time, but he made a diving play up in the middle, and then he just threw it from the seat of his pants to first get him out. Again, everyone was going crazy about it. And that play, I was like, I want to do that play, like, really bad. And I ended up, in the future, a couple of years later, actually, I ended up making the same exact play. And I thought it was pretty cool because that's the first thing that I thought of when I made that play. Did it feel like deja vu? Oh, or? 100%. Okay. 100%. felt like I did it in my dream, and then it actually came true. So it was really cool. And when you were playing out in Tucson, what was the team name that you were playing for? Uh, Old Pueblo Kings. Old Pueblo Kings. Yeah. And how did that turn out? It turned out really good. Um, had pretty good numbers. I learned a lot. I mean, for me, it was just learning how to prepare, learning how to, you know, take information quick and turning that information into something productive that could be either that CMAC bat, next at bat, or even my last at bat in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it just helped me kind of stay more locked in and just allowed me to make adjustments and just just prepare and a higher level so and what are those leagues like because recently you just played in Alaska we touched about it a little bit before hopping on the podcast how did that opportunity come to fruition uh so the university uh GCU kind of sends their players um everywhere either it's in the Cape Cod out in northeast um West Coast League California League um even there's a league up in in Canada actually so it's just connections from the coaches, and they just tell their players, hey, we're sending you up here. Um, this is a plan. Um, just do the best you can. You already know what you're supposed to do, and it's just all about executing and just making sure that you complete those goals that you and your coach want. And when you're there, like, what were the goals that you had to complete? Were they like something that you had to do daily or like from start to finish? Uh, I think it was just a daily thing. It's an everyday thing. I think, well, my plan was to, you know, gain weight, gain strength, get more at-bats, figure things out, try to get closer to being the complete player that I want to be. And, of course, it's not going to be something that's going to happen the next day. It's a Mm -hmm. daily process. So, for me, it was an amazing experience. I'd love to go back, to be honest, because of how much time that I got to train, got to prepare got to absolutely just explore as well. I mean, no one can really say I went out to play in Alaska. So I thought it, I thought that was really cool. What do you attribute your patience to? Because you having that mentality that knowing that it's not going to be there the next day, that you have to continually work for it. Where does that patience and drive come from? Uh, definitely my parents. Um, they always remind me, you know, things happen for a reason. And I've always realized that in order to become the player that you want to be, the person you want to be, you have to struggle and fail so much in order to be that person. Because if you don't fail, I mean, there's not much growth you can produce. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's just achieving my dream and becoming you know, a professional player, hopefully in the future. It's definitely going to help me out at my current career collegiately. I mean, it's, it's just part of it. You're going to struggle, especially on the diamond. So... I think that if you're aware that you're going to fail, some, so many good things can happen out of that. And what was your first experience in Alaska like? Oh, my God. I, I definitely have to say that it's just light out 24-7 pretty much. I uh, definitely struggled sleeping a bit the first couple of days, just getting used to it. But it's actually cool when you're playing a late game and – it's like 9 o'clock, 9 p.m., almost 10 p.m., and there's still light out. And, I mean, I think that's really cool and a great experience to have. So sunglasses were something definitely you had to have out oh, there. Oh, 100%, yeah. And, and what was the food like in Alaska? Like, wh- what do you eat out there like? Um, well, what I just pretty much ate was straight chicken, a lot of fish, a lot of greens, you know, lived a lot on protein shakes, um, but definitely a lot of meat, a lot of meat. See, I was hoping like you'd say something off the wall, like some caribou. Or oh, some no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, but no, 
Probably when I get back. Okay, so when you get back, so going back to Alaska is something that you're definitely looking forward to. Uh, absolutely. If I get the opportunity, then I'd definitely take advantage of it. How many teams are in that league? I'd say around five teams. Five teams, yeah. And you play each other or teams in different leagues? We play well? each other ten times. Okay. So around 50 games, yeah. And, and And what are the other players like? Because, like, one thing that you mentioned earlier about, like, Ryan Howard hitting a bomb. You called it a, a mammo. Like, there's so much different lingo in baseball. What was it like going to Alaska and learning lingo from other places? It was absolutely hilarious. I mean, everyone, you're just like, what did this dude just say? Like, that makes no sense. And then once the player explains it, another person is just arguing with that person because it doesn't make sense. And it's just, I mean, it's just, it's just fun overall. Um, but it was... Just meeting the guys, you know, knowing that they want it as bad as you as well. It's also to take perspective that you're not alone and that how you tend to feel sometimes, they're also going to feel it mm -hmm. and they're going to relate to you so much. So it's, I think it's just the relationship that's formed from their experiences and my experiences. It's just you, you get so much growth out of that. And that's something that I took advantage of, especially the, the older players, just forming a relationship with them, and I, it was really special. What was it like out in Alaska, like meeting the players? Like, was there somebody that, like, you stayed with out there, or was there somebody, like, when you got to practice, like, you couldn't wait to chill with or, or like, you know, to warm up with or anything like that? Well, for me, it was, um, we, stayed, we had host parents, so four guys ended up staying with us. It was a big house, and... We'd drive off to the gym together. We'd drive off to the field. But I think the moments that were made in the clubhouse, like getting ready, the music that was being played, the games that were being played are, I'd say, are motivational talks that we made. Um, it, it was just special. I mean, it's, it was very family-orientated. Even though it was just two months, it felt, you know, like I've known them for years. And it was just very special. Um, definitely miss them because, I mean, you saw them every day either at the field or in the, w in the weight room or even would meet out in our house because everyone would come to our house, have a team dinner, and we would all just hang out, laugh for hours. But I mean like hours. And it was just so many memories were made. What's your top, top memory from Alaska that, or every time when you get a chance here at home, you, you think about it? Uh, definitely when it was uh, 4th of July. So we ended up staying in Kenai, Alaska. And the place we stayed was in a bingo hall. So the bingo hall had like, they, there was eight rooms, but in the top, there's four bunk, or two bunk beds. So there's four players in each room. And the person in the top bunk bed, like if he stands up, he can see everyone like everyone's room, what they're doing and everything. And one night, midnight hit for 4th of July, and we were like, let's go to the ocean because we were right next to the ocean. Mm -hmm. So it was midnight, and we were running down to the ocean. We were like, you know what? Let's jump in. And it was freezing. Like, I mean freezing. Like, it was not pleasant at all. So, <laughs> and I was not too happy either because I was like, what am I doing? Like, I should not be doing this whatsoever. But... We all looked at each other and we were like, you know what? Screw it. We're doing it. And we all, you know, took our shirts off. We started yelling. We, stewing, we were doing military chants. We were, it was just, <laughs> it was a ruckus. And then our head coach would um, huddle us up and he would just give us a message like, this is where, like, we excel. Like, the rest of the season, this moment right here is when we're just going to absolutely explode and just smash on everyone. And... He started screaming, everyone started screaming, and we booked it to the ocean, and we all, like, dove in the ocean. We were screaming, like, we were going nuts. And after, we are just, like, shivering, walking back to our bingo, to our bingo <laughs> hall, and that's the, that's the, I think that was the best memory I made in Alaska, for sure. So it was, like, a, a military-style cold plunge, you Oh, say? yeah, 100%. <laughs> So that's cool. But what was the team name that, that you played for in Alaska? Uh, Matsu Miners. The Matsu Miners. Yeah. And, and 
how was the attendance there? Because I, I got to see a couple of the photos you, you were able to post from being out there. What's the environment out there like when you're playing? It's, it's really cool. I mean, we get over 1,500 fans every game, a good, a good crowd. Even when we would go out to away games, I think the farthest place we went was Kenai, which is six hours, but we only went there once. But the other places is probably like 30 minutes to an hour, I'd say. Not too bad, but even their crowds were, were great. It was a really good crowd, 1,500. And, I mean, everyone was just like, they treated you like a professional. And I thought that was really cool. I mean, all the kids love you. The parents, you talk to parents. Um, you're giving away baseballs. You're signing cards. You're signing baseballs. Giving them broken bats if you have one. Um, I think that was that was really cool because that's always a dream that I've I've always wanted to achieve. I mean, just because I remember as a kid, I wanted to get things signed. Sadly, they wouldn't get you know they wouldn't get signed. But I told myself always like if I were to ever be in that position, I'm not leaving until I probably sign every every ball that I get. And how is it like knowing that just a short couple of years ago you were in that position where you were wanting an autograph or trying to get some, some equipment, and now you're in that same position where kids are looking up at you in, in awe and trying to you know, get your attention. How has that total 180 of a position been for you? It's been great. It's, it's always, it always leaves a good feeling in my heart. You know? It makes me feel good because – it doesn't really matter if you go 0 for 4, you know. At the time, you may be extremely frustrated. You may be a little bit upset. But at the end of the day, there's still kids out there that still want to be, be like you. You know, it doesn't change a thing. For me, it just makes you feel great. And it makes me feel really good knowing that I made someone else feel good. And let's talk about what you're doing here today. We're actually sitting in the Coolidge Bears weight room right now. A little different than what we're both used oh, to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... What are you doing here today? Like, what brings you to Coolidge? Uh, what brought me to Coolidge was talking to, you know, the baseball team here. Um, I know Coach Rico. He, you know, it's a funny story. I, uh, when I was little, my sister used to play softball here. And at the time, baseball was always also playing. So whenever she would practice, I would always walk over to their field and just sit there and watch them practice for the whole time, two hours. And... I used to always do that. Before, after, every, every, after school, I used to always go to the field and watch them practice. And then after their practice, I'd practice back at home. So for me, Coolidge definitely has a special place in my heart because I lived here for 10 years. I went to school here. You know, I went to Heartland Ranch. Mm -hmm. um, so you're a walk yeah, out of heart. Well, yeah, absolutely. So that's funny, yeah. So I, um, I've always wanted to give back. And I think good things happen when you give back. And, I'll, I, again, I just love the feeling of people know me and they want to know, you know, my experiences, and I'm always willing to help out in any way. No, and that's really good to hear. Like, to be honest, I look up to you, bro, and you're a lot younger than me. Like, when me and Daniel talk about you, we're happy because, like, when we see you, we see – the, the us that, that didn't make it out because we didn't have the drive. We didn't have the, the same attributes that you have. And to see a, a kid from, from Coach Harley Griggs' program make it out and, and do it big like you, like, bro, you've, you've traveled pretty much all over the country to play the game that you love. And, and, and you're doing this to try to fulfill a dream that, you know, to make it to the majors. And you and I both know it's not a, a, a glamorous, you know, road up there. You know, you've had to sacrifice a lot, whether it's time, sleep, energy. And, you know, man to man in front of you, bro, we're proud of you. To see you make it, like, every time when we get to put on ESPN and we see GCU, bro, please believe, like, I'm looking like, where, where's Emilio at? I'm trying to look for that hair underneath the cap. Like, you know, where's Emilio at? But... Yeah, bro, like, for real, like, we're, we're super proud of you to see you make it this far. Like, we can't wait to see you. Bro, we, it doesn't matter what if you make it to a farm team for the majors or you actually make it to the majors. When you make it there, please believe the Varsity Breakdown is going to be there to record that and post it and put it everywhere because we're, we're here to support you 100%. I truly appreciate that. And you, whatever, you know, all this that you guys are doing, I mean, even when I was in high school, I think what you guys are doing is amazing because – I remember when I was little and players would come up in the newspaper 
I've always wanted to be the dude who was on the first page, you mm -hmm. know? And I feel like with all this that's going on, you know, your guys' varsity breakdown, this whole organization that you guys are doing, that's going to make kids like me to one day make it on here and get an interview like how I'm doing right now. So I think that this motivates not just me to be on here because, I mean, I've always wanted to be on here, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Like after the first podcast, you know, you guys were talking about, you know, baseball, softball, and I came up. I thought it was really cool because at the time I didn't, I didn't know. And then after that, I kept listening and listening and listening, and I wanted to be on this, you know, mentioned in every podcast, every time, you know. And that's one thing, you know, I worked for it. You know, I made sure you guys put me on here. And you did. And you did. So, you ended up becoming our breakout batter of the yeah. year. And, and that experience in itself was something crazy because I, rem I remember that day like it was yesterday where I was sitting out at, at B-Dubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was smashing on some wings. And I think you were at a game. And I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to wait for him to get yeah. back. And then you finally got back. We met up in the parking lot, had a little short conversation. Absolutely. Able to take a photo. And, and, and it was just great to actually, you know, get to see you at that time because – to, to be honest, when we had to give our our other award winner their uh, award, it wasn't really quite that cordial. You know, I mean, it was pretty quick. You know, granted, he had to deal with a loss at, at the end of a game, yeah. but those two interactions showed two completely different players. You know what I mean? And and the fact that we were able to just stay in contact with you, whether if it was through social media or, or you know by any other means, it was cool to to actually have this come, you know, come to life because, you know, we wanted this too because, you know, granted Daniel's not here like, you know, we originally planned, yeah. but it, it was something that we definitely look at, looked forward to because there was so many questions like we had asked, like, what was your first impression of Coach Grigg like? Because he was our math teacher. <laughs> <laughs> math teacher, that's crazy. <laughs> he was our math teacher. And, and I'll never forget it. He, it, it was it was uh, turning decimals into fractions. It's because of him that I am on point with this because <laughs> he would clown if you did. I believe that. If you didn't get it right. But what was your, your first interaction with Coach Greg like? Uh, first interaction was just, you know, introducing myself. Um, going into my freshman year, and I played, in a, I, played with, I played with him in the summer. So we got to know each other really well. And, you know, at the first conversation, it was like, hey, coach, I won't be at the next game because I have to go, you know, travel to this place to play. And at the time, I was like, oh, man, I really hope he's not upset because there's coaches that, you know, do get upset about that. But with me and him, we've always had great communication. You know, if I'm not going to be there, I'm going to let you know as soon as possible. And we've, you know, there's times that we've probably bumped heads a bit. I mean, but I've always respected what he want, he told me, and I feel like he respected what I tell him. And there was never no hard feelings. We've always understood each other. We've always, if I need something, I'm calling him. You know, either that's advice, just a mentor. And you know, it. I think my relationship with him really got me prepared for the real world. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm grateful for Coach Greg, man. I'm so thankful for him. Is there any of his teachings or sayings? Because trust me, I, I'm in my 30s, and there's still stuff that he says, like on the baseball field, that I can still, you know, hear vividly in my mind. What are like some Grigisms that you <laughs> take with? <laughs> what, um, are, what are the Grigisms that you take with you to GCU? Uh, definitely is pay attention to detail. That he used to say that every single day because there's times that kids would mess up and just not follow what he would say, and he would. He would just lose it and then say, pay attention to detail. Pay attention to detail. And he would just say it over and over and over again. And I'm always, like, even the last time I saw him, I think it was two days ago, I told him he, like, forgot to, like, open a door or something. I'm like, pay attention to detail, dude. You're lacking, man. <laughs> and he's just started, he just starts laughing. So it, I think it's cool, that relationship that we have. Um, we can, you know, joke around like we were kids. You know, so I, it's it's awesome. And what's your guys' relationship like now that you're out at GCU and he's still coaching the same baseball team that you play for? Um, nothing's changed, to be honest. Um, you know, I being a college athlete, you tend to be busy at times, and you sometimes tend to lose track on, you know, I should check in on this person, I should check in. So I think with him was 
his text is like, hey, man, hope everything's going well. Miss you like always. You know, just stuff like that. And I'd return back to my old self. You know, I used to, instead of being stressed, you know, about school classes, you know, training schedules, you know what I mean? I think conversations with him and even other adults or other mentors that I've had or friends, I think conversations with them allowed me to, you know, take a step back, relax, and to not forget, you know, my plan, not forget what I'm working for, not forget how hard things are actually going to be, and just all this is meant to be fun at the end of the day. And are you having fun? Oh, my God. You have no idea. You have no idea. So we got to touch on you traveling the world a bit. What was your favorite away ballpark to play at? I'd say that's a tough one. Um, I think playing at Baylor was pretty cool. Baylor and Texas Tech, I mean, they, especially Texas Tech, they had a huge crowd. Baylor, they have like a Wrigley Field vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, I I thought that was really cool. Um, Abilene Christian, that's a launch pad. Every pot fly you hit, it's going 50 feet over the fence for sure. I honestly have to say, our ballpark is absolutely my favorite. Just the crowd that we bring in, you know, um, a lot of people support us. And you can feel that support when you're playing. And, you know, I, I think it's cool when you look back and your parents send you pictures of you playing and you see, you know, your name and your photo in the big screen. You know, that's, that's always cool to look at, especially looking back at, you know, where you come from. So. And what's your locker room situation like? Like you said that you get to build, you know, that team chemistry in the locker room. Like when you're there, like what's the environment in that locker room like? Because I'm already seeing that look on your face that that one thing I can imagine is that there's a lot of people like you who are high energy jokesters. So so what's it like in that Lopes locker room? It's it's a party, man. Um, (laughs) After so it's really cool. So after every win. Our, my teammate, Homer Bush Jr., he, he bought a Polaroid. And after every win, we would pose for a photo. The whole team would take a photo, and, you know, it, it's on a Polaroid, and we would hang it up on the wall, and we would add them up. And I think after every win, we'd do that. You know, there's times that we've got at it with each other. I mean, boys are going to be boys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're going to get at it with each other. And, but... Most, I mean, I'm like 95% of the time, it's always listening to music, dancing in the clubhouse, eating, taking people's food, uh, <laughs> um, just being, anno- just annoying the person next to you in the locker room and just making everyone laugh. You know, I think for me, that was really important because it was just very family oriented and sometimes training can be hard, you know practices can be long everything to just be really exhausting but i think having guys that are just gonna have fun no matter what that keeps me going and i'm pretty sure it keeps everyone going so that fun that we have it makes all of us better because we don't we don't lose focus we don't our our foot is always on the gas and if we have more fun our foot's going through the gas so I, I, it's, it's special. And you guys are, are, are predominantly a winning team. What's it been like to be a part of a franchise or, or a program that produces solid wins and, and gives you an opportunity to get looked at from other programs and, and especially teams from the majors? Um, it's cool, you know, just, it's just the way you step foot on campus. You know, from the start, you're like, you have a meeting, everyone's in the room, everyone's introducing each other. And when the coaches are talking, you look around, everyone's straight looking at him. Full, full, like, giving him the most respect. And I knew from that moment I was at a good place because everyone wanted the same thing as me. And there's times that when I was younger, you know, I would sometimes be told, like, man, like, come on, like, just hang out with us one time, you know. But I'd be training instead you know practicing instead and there's times that all right we have no practice in the weekend more than half on the team is on the diamond doing something 
So it's just seeing how they work, seeing their different perspectives, seeing how, seeing why and how they do things. You know, I was very, I was observing absolutely every person's every move, you know, because I wanted to do the same thing that person was doing, but even better. So I think seeing them work made me even more hungrier. It's like seeing someone eat and you're already starving and you're even more hungrier because you can smell the food from five feet away. You know what I mean? No, that's a good metaphor. So that, that's the best way to explain it. It just made me absolutely hungrier and it made me, made me, I was just prideful to be honest because they take pride in all they do. I'm definitely going to take pride in what I do. And how does it feel? Like, do you have many kids in your program that are in the same situation as you, like small town school kids, or, or are they school coming from different, coming from programs that are slightly bigger? I honestly don't really know. I know a lot of the kids come from, you know, high school powerhouses, you know, Orange Lutheran, um, that type of caliber programs, you know what I mean? But I think I was probably the kid that was just like Casa Grande, Coolidge, like, Where's that? Like, we don't, I've never heard of it in my life. And I think that a lot of people are like, all right, like, that's kind of messed up. But, like, I was like, I'll take it. Like, that's awesome. I mean, for them to even say the name, that's a step forward. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I think when you hear those things that you take things in a different perspective and you can either go take it in a good way or in a bad way. I always take things in a good way no matter what. Mm -hmm. So hearing that would just be like, all right, time to, time to eat more. Time to show them yeah. where Casa Grande yeah. is. So. How has that been to go out to the big stages like that? To, because if I'm not mistaken, if, because GCU does like the purple and black game, right? And didn't you get traded from one team to another? <laughs> yeah. And, and that what was, was that, <laughs> what that, was that was experience brutal. like? Uh, describe that phone call. <laughs> <laughs> so our... Assistant coach Jack Wilson, Coach Jack Wilson. So, Coach Jack Wilson and Coach PP3, they they were the managers. So, a couple of days before, they do a draft. So they're just in the main office. They're like, you know, we're gonna get this kid, blah 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 blah. And the other coach is like, all right, we're gonna get this kid, blah blah blah. And it was just like that. Mm -hmm. I originally was drafted by the purple team. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to compete regardless. And, like, a couple of days later, Coach, uh, Coach Jack Wilson, he calls me, and I start speaking in Spanish. And he starts speaking in Spanish, too. And then and he was like, what are you doing right now? And I was like, not much, just getting ready. I'm about to give you a big hug when I see you. And then he's like, he was like, Hey, Sam, but you're being traded to Team Black. And I was just like, all right, <laughs> that is brutal. And I was just there, just dead silent, just didn't say anything. <laughs> and then I get back to the clubhouse, and everyone's just laughing, or head coach is laughing. The players are, like, just saying, like, how messed up that was. <laughs> and it was just all laughs and giggles, and it was just it was just fun. And how was that the turnout of that game? Like, what, what was that experience like? It was cool. I mean, everyone was just competitive. Everyone wanted to win. Everyone wanted to smash on each other. And I think it made it fun that we stayed at a hotel. So we ended up playing in Tucson because our field, I think, was being seated up. So we ended up playing at Kino. We were playing there, and... So much smack talking, you know, just just being really competitive. And it was a really fun atmosphere. And it was just fun. Man, I that was a really fun weekend. And that was to end the fall, too. So, like, whoever won was, like, hyped about it. And then that was, like, the, the end of the fall. So it was, it was cool. It was really cool. Are you looking forward to this year's Black and Purple game? Oh, absolutely. I'm hoping to win this time so <laughs> so what what are you looking forward to most when you get back to gcu because you when did you just when did you get back from alaska mm, i got back august 7th i believe and how has that change in climate been because you said up there it was like perfect sunny all the time yeah. over here 
now you're getting to deal with that monsoon season yeah. and it's sticky right now. You know, how has it been, you know, adjusting to that and getting ready to play in that type of weather again? I've honestly missed the heat, believe it or not. I didn't, I mean, it hurt. It honestly hurt me when it was like 115, 118. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, that's, that's not going to fly for me. So, but I think when I was actually flying and I was, we were already in the desert and I touched like my hand on the window and it was just burning my hand. And I was like, yeah, I can just taste the dirt from up here. So it Welcome was, home. yeah, it was, I thought it was going to be miserable, but now like I love it. You know, it's, it's, it feels like I'm back at home, which I am. And it makes me feel like my body needed the heat again. So I think I've adjusted really, really well. And what are you looking forward to most getting back to GCU? Uh, going back is just going back to the grind, you know, every day. For me, it was always fun to be at the field and always put in work. So I think just going back, man, like I'm just excited to relive all those moments that I've had my freshman year. Just being around the guys, you know, always laughing, always having fun. It's It's just stuff that it's just stuff that makes you one better, you know, makes you a better teammate, better person, a better player. I feel like that stuff keeps me healthy as well. You know, like if I get hurt or anything, hopefully I don't, you know what I mean? But if I get hurt, their support, you know, their jokes, all that stuff is going to motivate me to come back. And it's, it's just so family oriented. I just love all the guys that are just there. It feels like, feels like all my brothers are just at one place just waiting for me already to come back home so I think it's cool and one thing I didn't get to ask you is what is your field of study out at GCU uh behavioral health science and what got you into that um I always wanted to be a pediatric doctor I've always wanted to work with kids and stuff so I think behavioral health is another way for me to reach that goal that I want to be a doctor I've always wanted to help kids, you know. I think kids are always, they're always learning. They're always observing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we help out more of the youth, more of the kids, you know, our whole world will be better than how, we, how we're going to leave it. So That's huge for you to, to already be in this position and feel like you, you have that ability to, to take your, your mentorship to, you know, the kids of, of tomorrow, basically. But one thing that I, I want to ask you is what was your greatest moment in a Spartans uniform that you take with you, that you take with you from here on out? Uh, I'd say my playoff game, my freshman year. So freshman year, I played first game, went really well, you know, started at short. Again, I completed a dream of mine, you know, playing in varsity as a freshman and just making sure I take advantage of all the chances that I get. So first game, it went well. Second game, I ended up getting injured. I got cleated in the face, believe it or not, mm. and had a, I think, fractured jaw, broken broken nose, broken cheekbone, and a broken eyepiece right under the eye. So it was really bad. Um, had to go to immediate surgery. And someone just slid into you at second? Yeah. Jeez. Like it, so he, like, slid head first and like he kind of like scorpioned and his feet came up and I was going to put the tag and that thing just hit me right on the face Mm -hmm. and I get to the hospital have to go to immediate surgery so they transport me to another hospital and they're examining me and they said we need to hurry or else he's going to lose his eye his my eyesight pretty much so I ended up going to surgery Everything goes well. My mouth is all stitched up. My eyes stitched up. Face is like a watermelon. It's huge, swollen. But they tell me, you know, I'm, I'll be able to do stuff again in six weeks. Six weeks season's already over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just more upset about that than, you know, the whole freak accident that happened. So I ended up making those four weeks into five weeks so that last week was just playoffs pretty much i had one regular season game and the rest were playoff games so 
I wasn't supposed to come back, but I managed to come back. And at the time, we played Catalina Foothills, and we beat them. So we had to go to Kingman and play up there. And at the time, I was taking medicine, and I was taking so much medicine that, like, the medicine didn't know where to come out. So my fingers got infected. I had blisters all over my mouth. Um, my fingers were ripped open. It, like, I was not really good. My gums were absolutely swollen, so, like, my mouth guard wouldn't even cover anything because of how swollen things were. So Jeez. I would – I ended up – not playing with the mouth guard because it wouldn't fit all my fingers were taped up at the time I was probably 140 130 because I lost probably like 40 pounds due to the liquid diet that I had for those five weeks Mm -hmm. and at the time I was that I remember that game really well like I was just like and there was even at the night before um I'd brush my teeth my gums were just filled with blood. It was just not a pretty sight. I'd wake up, my pillow's full of blood. Not a pretty sight at all. I don't think uh, Coach Greg actually knows this at all. So he, so I ended up going to the field. Everything's taped up. I'm playing. And first at bat, strike out. Next at bat, RBI single to the backside. And next at bat, we're down, I'd say, I don't know what the score is, but we're down three I believe and I think it's six to three and I come up and it's like three two make him pitch like ten pitches and he lets one high and I I hit it out tie the game and someone else gets on they score him we hold him and we win and I remember rounding the bases and seeing my teammates from the bullpen just run with me to home play. I think that was probably my favorite moment in a sparring uniform, for sure. Well, we talked about it earlier, where the red came from going into Vista. It's now, that blood that it, came it's out It's got to be that blood, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be that blood. Oh my but that's God. what we talked about earlier, was those sacrifices that you made to make this dream come true. You wouldn't be in this position right now had you not made the decision to push yourself to be in that game. Absolutely. And, and in, even though in the end it, it was a tough finish, but you ultimately got the win. And just the fact that you telling me that story, bro, like I, I felt all of that, like the kick to the face. And, and, and one thing I can, I can know that if Daniel was here, he would tell you sliding into second is probably one of his most hated things because he fractured his pinky in Empire, I believe. Oh, wow. Sliding into second base when I think we were already – down by like seven so you know there's no real yeah. need to to try when i mean when we're probably like late in the the game but yeah anyway but yeah i oh man like i couldn't imagine having to just go through that from brushing your teeth to waking up in the morning and seeing all that ignoring it and then just going out and putting it all into the field yeah. that that's that's insane bro but more power to you that just shows the type of person that is in that GC uniform every time when you take the field. And, and, and bro, you're, you're a warrior to do that, man. Like, in, in any sport, whether it's, it's baseball, basketball, football, to take something like that, and you, like you said, it was a freak accident, to flip it around and to use it as motivation to, like, well, I'm not going to, you know, stay injured or six weeks is nothing. I'm going to, you know, shorten that out. And, and that's exactly what you did. And even though you, you might have not made it all the way to the top at that season, you were able to help your team get further than they would without you there. So that's huge, bro. Yeah, it was special. Definitely special. But I feel like I, those qualities that I've developed definitely came from my parents. You know, just my dad, you know, there was times that I was little and it was just me carrying the little bat, telling him if he can just pitch to me. I know he was tired, but he never said no, you know. So seeing him, you know, there's times that, I would be in the living room watching TV and he'll just lay down, absolutely just lay down and just not even move for a long time because of how tired he was. And, you know, just seeing those things and, you know, seeing how my dad, you know, never misses work when he's just in his absolute lowest, you know, 
that stuff makes me, you know, it makes me grateful that I got to see that stuff. Because seeing that stuff made me realize, you know, things aren't always going to go your way. But, you know, what else are you going to do? You have to you have to provide. You have to take care. You know, you have to maintain everything that you have in order to make, you know, your son happy, which was me. And I took that to heart. So every time that I played or train or anything, I always have that thought in my mind. You know, that, you know, we didn't really come from, we didn't have high income in our house. You know, we, there was times that, you know, we barely paid stuff out, you know. So just stuff like that makes me grateful and I look back and it makes makes me really happy that I can one day hopefully take care of my parents so that they never have to go through what they had to at that time. So, you know, if I make it in the medical field, which I am, you know, I'm definitely going to take care of my parents, my family. If I make it professionally, definitely going to take care of my parents and my family. You know, that's, none of that's going to change. But those lessons that that they gave me and that they they absolutely rewinded in my head over and over again those things are what keeps me pushing every day no matter if it's five in the morning for weights or if it's in class at 8 p.m it's always I'm always doing it for a purpose and I think that motivation that they gave me allowed me to be in the position that I am right now and hopefully make me be in a position that's even better. So definitely my parents, my mom for always taking care of me, always, you know, disciplining me, my sister for always, you know, giving me guidance, you know, making sure that I don't make the same mistakes that she made. And just all the big brothers that I've had, you know, I have had, I have a really close brother that always told me, you know, he, you're not going to make all the mistakes in your life. So you got to make sure to learn from other people's mistakes so that you're never put in that position either. And I took that to heart because, you know, life is hard. Life is really hard and you're never going to do things, you know, you can't do anything by yourself. Like you always have to have a team. You always have to you always have to have people around you to support you in order to achieve what you want to achieve. So I'm just really thankful for everyone that's been around my journey. So, Well, one thing before we go I'd like to say is, bro, the fact that you have that same mentality and that you're pushing yourself to, to be better, that, you, that you're not satisfied with where you're at, that you want more, that you have a goal and you're not allowing anything to get in front of it. I commend you on that, brother. Like, and, and like I said before, you know, I'm going to be behind you all the way, whether it's a win, whether it's a loss, just like when you were, you know, in Vista. Win or loss, I'm going to be there to support you. And I'm, I'm looking forward to what you do this season because I know it's going to be big. The, 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 the whole demeanor of you sitting here, you know, you walking up, you actually beat me here, you know, to this interview. <laughs> so that in itself just shows me that you are on point with your timing you mean business, and you're going to do great at the next level, bro. Like, one thing that I'm, I'm going to look forward to is hopefully watching you on TV in the majors and showing my son be like, hey, that's Harley's boy. You know, he played for the same coach that I did. And, and it's going to be great, bro. Before I let you go, I know that you've already said thanks and, and you already dropped, you know, praise to your parents. Is there anyone else that you can think of that you want to give a shout out or, or, or give, you know, Give somebody that platform, you know, to hear their name coming from your mouth on this podcast. Uh, definitely um, my coaches up in GCU, um, Coach Wally, PB3, um, Coach Jack Wilson for being a mentor. I mean, they've helped me out so much in this one year. You know, I've grown so much. I think I feel like I matured even more. And just, you know, having them there with me every step in the way and always telling me, you know, 
you're going to be well taken care of here and you're going to be way better leaving this place bef like you're going to be better in every aspect you know life you know athletically you know in the workforce you know relationship wise everything i'm gonna be a way better person and i truly appreciate that all the coaches that i've had here in coolidge casa grand um even down in tucson um i mean i have so many people to th to thank and i'm just thankful that they saw good things in me because i know nowadays it's kind of hard to see good qualities out of someone when you know decisions that are being made your character you know and i'm just thankful that they treat me as a son or as a brother or as a sibling that they're always looking out for me always reminding me where i come from all the stuff all the good times in the past allowing me to have fun and grow and do good things not just on the field but outside the field so i'm grateful for every every life that came across mine so very thankful well i won't take up too much of your time Emilio. i'm very grateful that you came by and and chopped it up with me i'm looking forward to seeing the interaction we get with this episode because i'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of talk either from your teammates or even coach grig when he hears that story about how you pushed yourself through it to get to that playoff game. But I'll let you get out to the field to talk to these boys. I'll be out there, too, to snap some photos and, and cover that event. But again, Emilio, I appreciate you coming through. And, and, and it's an open door for you, bro. You're welcome to come back anytime. If you're, you know, you're ever in, in Pinal County and you want to come through and, and just chop it up with me or Daniel or any reason, I don't, don't hesitate to reach out, bro. Definitely going to do that. All Absolutely. right, Emilio, I appreciate, I appreciate you, bro. you, man. Thank you. Thank you so much.